0: And a very good morning. Welcome to each and every one to our second worship service of the North Brevard Church of Christ, November the 8th in the year of our Lord 2020. Our opening song is Sing Hallelujah to the Lord. Sing Hallelujah. Lord of and Jesus is Lord Jesus is Lord Jesus is Lord of Commander He's coming back to claim His own He's coming back to claim His
1: Let's all pray together. Dear Lord and Savior, we thank you so much for this, another good Lord's Day. We thank you for the freedom and opportunity we have come to praise you, honor you, and bless you this morning. We pray, Father, that things that are said and done will be in harmony with your will. We thank you so much for the health of those that were able to get out this morning. And we're always mindful of those that can't, those who are on the sick list sick and hurting and pray that you'll be with each one that you will always remember them in our prayers that they may be back soon. We thank you for America, this great and free country you've given us to live in. As we enter into a new phase with new leaders, we pray that dear Lord that you will soften their hearts and they will humble themselves and they all start working together so the Americans may become united again. We thank you so much for Jesus who gave his life so that we could all have that wonderful hope. We know that there's a far, far better home awaiting for those who, who believe in you. As we go through this service this morning, help us all to pay attention to, to what is going on. May we gain some experience from it. May the things we say and do bring honor and glory to your name. In Christ's name we pray.
0: Our next song, prepare our minds for observance of the Lord's Supper.
2: going back to Romans 3. If you want to follow along, that's Romans 3 beginning in verse 22. This, uh, this passage, this verse here, it really uh, opens our eyes to, or to God's plan for us and how Jesus fulfilled that and uh, what benefit that gives us who are believers. It's beginning in verse uh, 22. Righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in His blood. He did this to demonstrate His justice, because in His forbearance, He had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate His justice at the present time, so as to be just and the One who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Before we go to to God in prayer, just just remember that uh, Jesus went to the cross willingly. He could have gotten out of it. He could have he could have said no, but but He did it for for all of us here today. So let's go to God in thanksgiving. Heavenly Father, we We thank you so much for your plan of salvation. We thank you, Father, that that Jesus did do this for us, that we may be with you in the end, Father, that, that we may have that forgiveness. Please bless this bread that represents his broken body on the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. continue our prayer. Heavenly Father, we again thank you for Jesus and Father, we just want to recognize that he did feel pain just like we do. He, he endured so much uh, pain and torment the day that he went to the cross. Father, we just want to thank you that, that through his shed blood that washes away our sins, Father. Please bless this cup. In Jesus' name, Amen.
0: This will be our song before the lesson, if it's convenient, shall we stand? I'll be reading First Corinthians 13:11. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I made plans like a child. When I became a man, I stopped those childish ways.
3: Good morning it is good to see everybody. We've been on First Corinthians 13 now for our, a while and good news we're going to finish it today. Back when I was a youngster younger than I am today, there was a lady named Dion Warwick who uh, sings a song that I still have in my head. It goes like this. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little of. What the world needs now is love, sweet love, not just for some, but for everyone. Lord, we don't need another mountain. There are mountains and hillsides enough to climb. There are oceans and rivers enough to cross, enough to last until the end of time. But what the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little of. What the world needs now It's love, sweet love, not just for some, but for everyone. If you remember, we've been talking about contacts for a while now. If you want to follow along you can do it by looking at the screen or you can take your insert out of your bulletin and on the back of it I've got the quote or you can just listen. The Bible is inspired by God. The principles that were taught in the fir- to the first century Christians are still meant for us today. To understand what was being taught we must keep Words, verses, chapters, and books in context. The Bible was not meant to be read in single, in single fragments like a fortune cookie. The whole Bible is a complete picture of what God wants to tell us, so we must study it with context in mind. This means knowing what's happening around a verse or a passage. You may read the verses around the one in question, the whole section or chapter or sometimes even chapters before and after lest you know who is speaking and to whom, what is being said before and after, where they were talking, and the current circumstances of those involved, you can't even pretend to know what they really mean. When we take Bible verses out of context, even accidentally, we wind up making the Bible say things that it was never meant to say. That's from Jeff Laird. He, held, he holds up a thing called 412teens.org. And so he works with young people. But what he's saying is sometimes you can take things out of the context and it doesn't mean what the Holy Spirit inspired it to mean in the first century. We've been using this one. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. I have heard for years and years that this meant you shouldn't smoke. Because that's what I was taught. But think with me just a second. You're in the first century in Europe. They don't know what tobacco is. They won't know what tobacco is for about 1,400 years. So it can't possibly mean that this is an anti-smoking verse. To put it back in context, you need to jump back to the beginning of 1 Corinthians. Because 1 Corinthians is about one subject. In chapter 1, you can read these words. I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree with one another, so that there may be no divisions among you, and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought my brothers, some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollo. Another, I follow Cephas. And still another, I follow Christ. Is Paul divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized into the name of Paul? So what we get is, the problem at Corinth is the brethren don't like each other. They've set up little groups who are following different men. And so 1 Corinthians 13 is written with that in mind. Today, we're going to look at 13, 8 through 13. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesied in part, But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish ways. Now we see a poor reflection as a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part but then I shall know fully even as I am fully known and now these three remain faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love would you pray with me please father we we come before you this morning asking you to, to help us. To help us understand what you've written in 1 Corinthians. And to apply those principles to your life. Lord, I help, ask that you help me get out of the way. So that people can see
0: you. I
3: pray in Jesus' name. Let's do a real quick review. This is what love doesn't do. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. That's, if you're involved in those behaviors, that's not love. And then he turns around to the next two verses and says, this is love. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. Now once we get there, we're ready to get into what he's talking about in our verses today, 8 through 13. But to do that, I want to go back to verse 1 and 2, where he said, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I'm a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have faith to move mountains but I ha- don't have love, I'm nothing. The reason I have some words in yellow is because Paul picks them up beginning in verse 8. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, that was in verse 1 and 2. They will cease. Where there are tongues, that's back in verses 1 and 2. They will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. This is Paul's way of saying, let's pull it all together now. And get the thought complete. So he picks up the language in the beginning section, and says, now this is this completion of this section. When perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. Now that's kind of a difficult passage because of the word perfection. There are those who would say, well, what's perfect? Only Jesus is perfect. It has to be talking about the second coming. Okay. Then there are some who have been saying, listen, the word, the Bible is perfect, and that means when the Bible came, these all passed away. Okay. I decided to go to a real scholar who knows Greek backwards and forwards and has written several sets of commentaries. His name is Roy Lauren. And Roy Loren says this, what he's talking about, to grow, perfection is to grow into complete maturity of godliness in mind and character, having reached the proper height of virtue and integrity. Now notice how it fits. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. There's to be a a great difference between Immature behavior, mature behavior. My wife found this one, and I love it, so I just put it in because I love it. (laughs) Clearly, there's no age, no age limit for childish behavior. And you've probably seen some adults who act very childish at times. But what's childish behavior like? When my daughter was nine years old, I started taking over decision-making. Reason being, at nine years old, my daughter was very smart and could argue paint off a wall. She just was sharp enough that if you started a debate with her, you were going to get confused halfway through it. And the way I disciplined my daughter, I, she would make ask a question, and I'd say, give me five to 10 minutes, depending on how deep the question was. She'd come back, and I said, The decision is, and sometimes I said no, and sometimes I said yes. Now, if I said yes, everything was hunky-dory. You can go out and buy turkeys and enjoy yourself because she is happy. But the times I said no, she would go in a room, slam the door to let let us know she had arrived in her own room and start throwing things. At times, they hit the wall, and they bounced off the wall, and it was uh, incredible, So I went in when she was doing this in the middle of it and I said, Michelle, be be an adult. Stop all this childishness. She says, Dad, I am an adult. At nine? She thought she had all the answers. But at nine, if I said, I want you to write the budget for the house, not gonna happen. Or at nine, if I said, I want you to figure out how to fix the car and take the tires and and check the pressure. She didn't have that knowledge. It's not that the daughter is thick. It's that at nine, you're not old enough. You're still a child. Now, she knows how to do all those things today. Because she's not nine, she's 42. 42. We had the child when I was only seven. (laughs) But Paul says this so that you could understand what he was talking about. Are you boastful? That's childish behavior. Spiritual, childish behavior. It's not love. You can't love and and be boastful. Do you envy? Remember? Childish behavior. He made that whole list of things that was not. Are you self-seeking? That's what child's do. Children do that. They learn as adults that, that it's gotta be more. You've gotta have more people in your lives. Just one more. Quick-tempered, childish behavior. As you get older, you, you don't fly off the handle nearly as much because you know you're not, it's not helpful. You got a boss, don't yell at him and fly off the handle at him or you're going to be looking for a job. You grow up. And so Paul says, now we see a poor, but a poor reflection as in a mirror, when we shall, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall fully know, even as I'm fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love we only see a poor reflection of what we should be back in the the first century they used metal to reflect them and you couldn't see nearly as clear as you can with glass covered with silver and Paul says if you're not grown up spiritually you're not going to see what you should be. And then we should be able to look at each other's face-to-face and know we're in love because we're God's people, but if you don't love, that face-to-face thing goes down. And to know fully as I am fully known, I'll have anything to fear? Not from God's people. Now binds these three: faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. When Michelle was small, she had a tremendous amount of faith. Every once in a while, she would want to say the prayer before the meal. And her prayer before the meal was, let me tell you how it was. She would start praying. She'd say, Lord, I thank you for the chicken and the mashed potatoes. I don't thank you for the string beans, but I do thank you for the dessert. I mean, every individual part of the meal, she could look at it and say, that's from God. That's from God. String beans, not from God. (laughs) But her faith was that strong. Hope, oh, she had hope. She had... It's not time to stop. Uh, (laughs) She had a friend who got very sick. And when she would pray, the hope she had for her. And love was tough. She loved me. I knew she loved me. When she had talks, she'd sit on my lap and she'd say, I want to know, Dad. By the way, she still does that. If we're in Illinois, I'm going to get at least one time she jumps on my lap and asks me questions. But that's love. And when we get there, when we get there, everything that God wants for us comes together you see the goal of first Corinthians is to love to give up your petty quarrels to stop putting each other down because you happen to be from different teachers or different followers and to love each other like Jesus did. This morning, if you've never repented of your sins, which is a way of saying, I've been living my way, and and now I'm going to try to live God's way, this is the way to maturity. You change your mind. You grow up here. And then you are baptized for the remission of sins and you come out brand new. But you see, brand new means you're not going to get everything right. You'll learn. You'll decipher up here. But when you learn and you decipher, that's growing up. You know the way you're supposed to behave. So this morning, if you want to be... Christ follower. Then won't you come? Why together we stand and why we sing.
0: Hear the sweet <laughs> Jesus say, come on.
4: sometimes we got 59 switches and all kinds of stuff back there and it just happens so um well Mike has says uh ray and i were talking about it during the break one of the songs we talked about was the greatest command love one another for love is of god and that's uh so how god is known that's what god is and that's how we're known uh right now at no time greater than in a long time that's needed uh with the pandemic people are out of touch with the human touch uh, we don't get around to hug and love on one another and spend time with another like we have, but there's still positive things of ways so we can share our love with one another. And uh, so be careful. Check yourself. You'll see a lot of places that's not love, but uh, it's a good time to show love. So grab yourself a bulletin. It's our roadmap, the North of our Church of Christ. If you don't get a paper one, it's also on Facebook right now. It'll probably come out in email uh, later. So grab one of those. Updates on sick. I know Mitzi had uh, treatment number 9 of 12 this week. Uh, Preferably she has the next three and can move on to the surgery and things that follow from there. Um, William's still at home. I got a card from William. I'll read it here in a second. Um, Calvin Noble's got to come home too. He's at home. He's he's going out for dialysis and uh, therapy. or I think therapy comes to him. I think is what it is. But anyways, He's able to be home. That's got to be a lot easier on our list. Um, so anyways, he has a home right now. So a couple cards I want to read. I'll tell you what. We'll start out with Mr. Williams. You really blessed me with cards, messages, phone calls, and visits. Your love and prayers help me stand and encourage me in the Lord. You are my family. I love you very much. Hope to see you soon. Your brother in Christ, William. And trust me, he means that from the bottom of his heart. The other one's from Glenda and Tommy. Uh, Glenda and Tommy haven't been out and about with us. They send a card once in a while, and uh, I put a picture of that on Facebook earlier. These cards will be hanging in the hallway if you want to go down there, too. Hello to all. We're doing okay. I had my mammogram and and an ultrasound because of the lump in my breast, and everything is okay. I could cancel my appointment with the breast surgeon. Answers prayer. Tommy had surgery on his back for a melanoma. All is okay. Prayers answered. He has, a, he has more surgery next week, on the end of his nose for skin cancer. Prayers, please. We miss all of you so much. This church, people, the hugs. Will it ever be over? Prayers, prayers, prayers. God bless our church and all that's on it with love. Glenda and Tommy. Um, Wednesday night, we have our Bible class. It's online like we have been, but we've also got it live. It's the only class we have is just in the auditorium. We're working on the ways that the, uh, you interact with the teacher goes out online I don't know it's a it's a big hurdle but we're trying to work on that this week didn't work out too bad so we'll continue to work on that Mike will be leading a class on first Corinthians 13 love so if you want to join us Wednesday night at 7 come on we're going to have the tape down but try to socially distance and all that stuff Um, join us there otherwise we'll see you next week here or online as the case may be
0: Shall we stand for our closing psalm? Take
1: the name of Jesus with safe journey to our homes we pray that our worship has been pleasing and acceptable to you our Heavenly Father we miss those that cannot be with us they're watching on the computer either real-time or in the future we pray that this pandemic may be over with and that we might come together again as a congregation We're thankful for the health and strength that we do have, the means of transportation that we can come and be here. You've blessed us so very much physically. Continue to bless us. We pray this in Christ's name.